0: And good evening Pittsburgh Steelers fans Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack I am your host, Tony DeFio And I am so grateful that you're joining me on this Eh, pretty cold and blah Friday night in Pittsburgh But it is the end of March So it's probably winter's last stand And before you know it, it'll be spring full time officially officially spring right now but it'll be full-time spring before you know it and i can't wait and uh before i begin as always i'd like to please ask you to like and subscribe to our behind the store curtain youtube channel where we bring you live shows each and every day and night including this show the hangover on monday evenings with brian anthony davis and the great shannon white the Scobro Show with Dave Schofield and his brother Rich. S- Steelers preview with with Dave and Brian and, and and Jeff Hartman, the great Jeff Hartman. Let's see uh, the curtain call in the off season. Know your enemy in the regular season with Jeffrey Benedict and Michael Peck. Touchdown under with Matty Peverall and Mark Davison. And then we have the post game show. We have we, we always have we always we're always breaking in with live shows. Anytime there's a, in addition to our, our weekly staple of shows, we're we're always breaking in with live shows whenever there's a uh, signing or a trade or, or this or that. So we have plenty of live shows for you each and every week. And you can also catch those live shows on Facebook, which you are well aware of right now, if you're watching me on Facebook and if you are hello. And as I always say about Facebook, no nasty comments. I know it's hard to do because your Facebook that's how you. That's how you were raised. But please, please, no nasty comments on Facebook. Be nice to me. It's Friday night. I just did my taxes. Okay. So you know. Anyway, and of course you can catch all these uh, live shows after the fact on any audio platform of your choosing. I prefer iHeartRadio. I have it downloaded on my on my Roku uh, device, and I and I, I'm always listening to our podcast in my recliner. So you can check that out there. Stitcher, Spotify. Google, Apple, you name it, you can find all of our live shows on an audio platform of your choosing. And of course, we have a whole host of audio-only shows, excuse me, that are exclusively audio-only, which is redundant, including Let's Ride with Jeff, The Stat Geek with with Dave, uh, The Live Mic with Michael, From the Cutting Room Floor with with Jeffrey. Let's see, we have uh, uh, The War Room with Maddie. We have what Ian's talking about with Kyle. So please check check all those out, on, again, on any audio platform of your choosing. And let's see what we have in the live chat. And I, I think I saw who was first in line tonight. That's Steelers Pittsburgh. All right. George Teston. Owen, our main man, Owen, is doing a lot of great work for the site now. He, he's uh, joining us from Pittsburgh, from, from Great Britain, from from jolly old England. So hello, Owen, Jared Devil, Greg W, Brian Brown, Cree X., It's Ryan O'Toole, Robert Shue, Jason Rollins. Like I get everybody? I did. For now, anyway. Hopefully, more people will be will be joining me. Reginald Rivers, Marvin Hamilton, Maddie Pepperell. Speaking of Maddie Pepperell, thanks for the shout out, Mr. Defio. That's that's a very uh It's a very respectful young man there. I'm about to turn 50 so I can say those kind of things now. All right, let's see. Uh, Let's talk about this week. And not a whole lot happened as far as free agency uh, during the second wave, if you will, with the Steelers. I thought there would be more signings, more outside signings based on how active they were the first week. and And, of course, the fact that they have so much cap space Theoretically, I don't know how they do it But I think they, last I checked, they had like 16 million, 18 million, something like that So I, I thought they would make some more moves And plus everybody's uh, Clamoring for Still clamoring for the safety, Tyran Tyran, uh, Matthew And of course they need a, another Safety, Terrell Edmonds is still out There, They're they're their 2018 first round pick, so I figured They would sign more people And they haven't yet, but it doesn't mean they're not going to Um I, I think the biggest news that come out of last week, non-stealer related, kind of, was the uh, the trade from Kansas City to Miami or, I'm sorry, to trade by Kansas City to Miami. They sent, they sent the great Tyree Kill, the receiver, to Miami for, get this, a first-round pick in 2022, second-round pick in 2022, a fourth-round pick in 2022, and there's another pick in there. I think it's from for for uh, a future pick. And the Dolphins uh signed Hill to a five year contract for about $120 million. I think $70 million guaranteed. So wow, that's a uh a big shift. And what a crazy offseason this has been. And that just adds to it. And uh that might be a bit of a power shift in the uh in the AFC. I mean, there's been a, there's been plenty of power shift in the AFC. Uh, so far this offseason, when you factor in, um, uh, uh Deshaun Watson, not, not, I mean, he was already in the AFC, but he's now a member of the Browns, of course. Uh, Tariq Hill, uh, come, uh going to Miami, um, uh, Russell Wilson going from Seattle to, to Denver. So, there's been a lot of happenings in the AFC and the NFL in general, Tom Brady. Retired, then he unretired. Aaron Rodgers signed a big mega deal to remain with the uh, Packers. Devontae Adams was traded to the Raiders. That's what I forgot about. Wow. Talk about uh, uh, adding more uh, incredible talent to the AFC, the already loaded AFC. So it's been a pretty active uh, offseason in the AFC. I mean, I don't know who's going to be in the Super Bowl next year, but I'm guessing the NFC entrant is going to be the underdog. (laughs) At this point, uh, it's, it's crazy how, how loaded the AFC is right now. And, and, uh, um, yeah, Owen says the AFC is stacked. So that was the big deal. Of course, Deshaun Watson had his, his, uh, introductory press conference with the Browns on Friday after he was surprisingly, he was, uh, uh, in the, 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 the allegations against him, uh, they were reviewed by a, a another grand jury, a second grand jury. They interviewed or they reviewed or they ruled on, I should say, a uh, Tom, not a lawyer. They ruled on a, a some more allegations against Watson. And they decided just like last week that no criminal charges uh, were to be brought on him, brought against him, although he's still facing several civil suits but he had his introductory press conference and it was kind of a, a cringy press conference. If you watched it or listened to it, the owners weren't even present, the Browns owners. It was the, uh, the general manager really. And it was, it was just a weird thing, but regardless of, of, uh, of his off the field uh, problems, Sean Watson is a member of the Browns and uh, pending a a suspension from the NFL. He's going to be their quarterback for the next several years. And, he figures to make them better and he figures to make the browns a major player in the AFC for the time being. So that's the big outside news. Uh as far as the Steelers um they had their their uh quarterback love fest at the uh, at several pro days this week. Uh first it was Kenny Pickett on I think it was Monday. That was an easy one from the go to since they share facilities with the Panthers. And then uh, I think Tuesday they went to Malik Willis's pro day at Liberty. Wednesday it was uh, Matt Corral's pro day at Ole Miss, and then I think it was Thursday they went to Desmond Ritter's pro day at Cincinnati. So that's four quarterbacks, four uh, arguably the four top quarterbacks in the twenty twenty two NFL draft, and they visited them all. They they met with them all. They they were in attendance for all four of their pro days. So uh, it tells you uh, two things. Number one, they're still doing their homework on, on these quarterbacks and they're, and number two, they're serious about finding their next great quarterback uh, sooner rather than later, perhaps. Yes. They signed Mr. Trubisky and uh, he figures to be their starter in 2022 but you can't count on him. You just obviously, based on his first five years, you can't count on, on where his career is going to go from here. You're hopeful, and I spoke about that last week. I'm hopeful. I mean, I you know, he, he, um, he was kind of shaky in Chicago. Not horrible, but certainly not the kind of, uh, he, he didn't give you the kind of quarterback play that you would expect from the second overall pick in the 2017 NFL Draft. And then he went to Buffalo last year to serve as Josh Allen's backup, and the thought, the hope is that he got better last year simply from learning from better offensive coaches. But that's just a presumption or an assumption at this point because we don't know because we didn't see a whole lot of Trubisky last year filling in for Josh Allen. Uh, so we just have to. We just have to. Uh, if you're a Steel fan, you have to kind of hope that that's a. A thing, but um, obviously it's, it's, there are no guarantees with him. So uh, this is your first year. If you're the Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger as your, as your quarterback. So you have to do your homework on these guys. You know, you can say what you want about this class. And many people have A, a lot of, it's been negative, a lot of positives, but a lot of negative things have been said about this 2022 NFL draft class, quarterback class, but you know somebody made a great point the other day on uh, in the comments section of one of the articles on behind the Steel curtain uh and they said you know they're not drafting the entire class they're just drafting i mean if you're going to draft a quarterback it's it's going to be one quarterback so uh i said this before and I'm going to keep saying it if you're them and I'm not trying to say the Steelers know all and and and, and their analysis is is infallible and they're perfect and and everything that they touch turns to gold cuz obviously that's not true but if you're them and you are you feel very strongly about one or more than one of these quarterbacks in this draft and someone happens to fall to you at 20 and you truly and you're not talking yourself into it you truly believe that this guy that you can develop him that you can you can uh, surround him with the, with the right personnel. Uh, you can you can implement the right schemes, the right game plans, the right coaching. Uh, if you truly believe that 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 you can develop this guy into a, a top flight quarterback, then you have to draft him this year. You can't wait about. You can't wait for twenty twenty three because there are no guarantees. Twenty eighteen, I um, there were I think there were five guys drafted. Obviously, Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, uh, Josh Rosen, and Lamar Jackson. They were all drafted in the first round. And, of course, Baker Mayfield is uh, in limbo right now because the Browns just traded for Deshaun Watson. Josh Rosen is practically a bust. I don't even know if he's still in the league. I think he's with Atlanta, but I don't know for sure, which isn't uh, indicative of of his career up up until this point. And Sam Darnold looks like he's headed for uh, journeyman status uh josh allen's one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl lamar jackson's one of the best quarterbacks slash offensive weapons in the nfl he's a former mvp so that's five guys and i think three of those five guys the ones that are that are either busts or in limbo i think they were the, they were the guys that were considered um, more of the you know more of a sure thing whereas there were questions about Allen because of where he went to college wyoming and his accuracy and everything and of course there were questions about Lamar Jackson because of his accuracy. So, you know, the, the, those two were considered the projects and they're both stars of the NFL. And the other three were considered more finished products, uh, especially uh, Mayfield and, and Darnold. Darnold in particular, he was, people were talking about him for two or three years. So he, the po- the bottom line is you, you just don't know. You just have to hit on one guy. And if you feel like you uh, you have that guy uh, a chance to draft him. You have to do it. I don't care about Mr. Bisky. I don't care about wait. You know what your roster looks like right now, because this is a cliché to say, but if you find that quarterback, then that's like ninety percent of of uh, figuring out your future as a football team, and uh, it, it it quickly increases your chances of being a contender. So, you know, uh, I I don't blame the Steelers at all for for doing their homework with these four quarterbacks uh, at their pro days this week, because it's important. It's the most important decision. Uh, they've had to make as an organization since Bill Cower resigned and they had to find a new head coach. That's you're going on 15 years. And that's your most important uh, player personnel decision. If that's the right uh, term that they've had to make since, since uh, 2004 when they drafted Ben Roethlisberger in the first round. So, you know, Uh, you know, you listen to the, to the chatter on the radio, you, you you watch what people are saying, you read what people are saying on on the internet and it's like, Oh, they're ignoring these other uh, positions. Like, how do you know they're ignoring the other positions? You know, these, these guys are doing their homework all year round. Uh, They have access to the data. They have access to tape. They've read the combine and, and they visited with all these players. They were at the senior bowl and they visited with a lot of these players Uh, At other positions, I should say so. Just because they're 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 honing in on quarterbacks doesn't mean they're neglecting the other positions. It just means they want to. In my opinion, they want to. They want to. You know. uh, Just be. They want to be more thorough about the quarterbacks because they they have to know, in their minds, they have to know if this player. Because you know they all they all do their own mock drafts and they have their draft boards, and they have to know if this guy is here, do we, do we pull the trigger or, or is it worth uh, going in a different direction? Is it worth waiting until next year? Because you know, the chances are one of those guys is going to fall to them now at 20. I would say, you know, when you have all this movement with quarterbacks, uh, you know, the saints just resigned Winston. Not, not that that means they're not going to draft a quarterback, but you know, with the Broncos doing what they did, um who knows what's going to happen with the, uh, Oh yeah. Matt, Matt Ryan went to the Colts. Not that the, not that the, that that would, uh, um, prevent the Colts from drafting a quarterback, but anyway, one of these guys is probably going to be there at 20. And if it's the one that they like the most, is it worth in their minds? Is it worth it to go and, and, uh, and, 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 and draft this guy. So I don't blame them for, for, for doing their homework. Uh, what does it mean for Mitch Trubisky if they do draft the quarterback? It probably means that, you know, unless he turns into the next Jim Plunkett or uh, somebody like that right away, he's probably going to be living on borrowed time and he would really be a bridge quarterback because they're, they're going to want to uh, put their number one pick in there as, as quickly as possible. So it would probably mean a one and done kind of scenario for Trubisky. That's just life in the NFL. Um, uh, if they don't draft the quarterback in the first round, then it tells me that they're perhaps more comfortable with Trubisky and, um, he would have a much better chance of, of, uh, being the long-term solution if he really, uh, makes huge strides in 2022. So that's pretty much all I had to say about the, uh, the quarterback. Uh, situation i was really i was really i actually i was kind of impressed that they that they were this uh thorough i, I guess that's not all i have to say about that because i was really impressed with how thorough they were last week and how thorough they've been up in, up until this point point. and you know if i may i would rank my my uh four quarterbacks my preference and as much as i love kenny pickett and i do there's just something about malik willis maybe I'm just talking myself into it because of some of the things I've seen from him, but his arm is just tremendous. And yeah, they're, they're all, you know, they all look great in shorts, throwing to their, to their buddies with, you know, without having to read a defense or, you know, having to face a pass rush, but there's just something about Malik Willis's his arm. It's It's just, I just, you know, I think, uh, I think his accuracy is is a little bit better than people think, and it's certainly his, his arm. Like as soon as he gets drafted, he's going to have one of the top five or ten arms in the NFL as far as arm strength. So I'm just really I'm just really intrigued by him. So he, he'd be number one for me, even though I think he's going to go in the top ten. I think maybe Atlanta might might draft him now that they traded Matt Ryan, uh, and I think Pickett's going to go second. Then I think. Uh, and that would be my, my second preference. Uh, third would be, for me, would be Desmond Ritter. I'm really, I'm also intrigued by him and his athleticism and his arm. Um, so he'd be third and Matt Corral would be fourth. And when I, what, what I like about him and what I've heard is he's a really uh, fierce competitor and he's not afraid to uh, to take on tacklers. Not that that's the smartest thing to do, but he's just a really fierce competitor. And, and you know, I, I like that kind of fire in a quarterback. So those, that, that's how I would rank them if uh as a Steeler fan. And with that being said, that tells me that they're more than, more than likely gonna gonna be choosing between Ritter and Corral. So or at least one of those guys is going to be there. So it would be it's gonna be very fascinating to see what they do if and when one of those four quarterbacks, presumably the last two that I ranked, is there at twenty. Steelers freak says Willis isn't NFL ready, but the nation Steelers nation will want him to be. But really Steelers freak. I mean, can you really say any of these guys are NFL ready? That's the whole point about, um, about, you know, talking in absolute, you know, when I say, why are you talking in absolutes about these draft picks? None of these guys, regardless of the position is NFL ready at this point, you can, you can say they are, based on evaluation, based on how they played in college, based on their physiques and, 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 and their 40 time and their and their bench press, whatever, and their cone drills. But you just don't know until they, until they lace them up, until they put their helmets on, until they go out there and compete. You just don't know if they're NFL ready. And if they aren't NFL ready right away, it doesn't mean they're not going to be, but, but none, none of these guys is, is, is NFL ready until they show that they are. So that's another reason why, if you think you have, if you think you have somebody in your midst in your grad, in, in right there at twenty as a quarterback, you got to pull the trigger because there there are no guarantees, and there certainly aren't any guarantees in twenty twenty three. Regardless of how many times you say that that quarterback class is better than this one, you just don't know until you know. So, uh, uh you know, there are going to be question marks about all these guys, but you know, when was the last time there wasn't a a uh, question mark about a, uh, a quarterback that came into the league. Uh, maybe Andrew luck. He seemed like he was like the, the last quarterback prospect that seemed like a, surefire sure fire uh, future hall of famer. And I mean, he had an okay career. He had a pretty good career. He's really good, but he's not going to go to the hall of fame. He, yeah. He retired early, but it didn't seem like he was heading in that direction anyway. Um you know, a, a very fascinating um, bit of draft history to study is Peyton Manning versus Ryan Leaf. Everybody knows Ryan Leaf's struggles off the field as personal demons and how it cost him an NFL career. He's doing, he's doing well right now. He's a radio personality. I enjoy actually uh, a lot of the stuff I've, I've heard uh, from him since um, he's gotten his life back together. I, I really enjoyed listening to his old stories and, his uh his newfound perspective on life but it was basically a, a coin flip between him and peyton manning back in 1998 in fact uh leaf was considered the more um uh, the, the quarterback with the with that with the higher ceiling and and the, the better physical attributes you know peyton manning was more a. I mean obviously he was a fantastic uh physical specimen in his own right but ryan leaf was considered the 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 quarterback with the, the the better talent and we know how that turned out peyton manning first ballot hall of famer arguably the best quarterback who ever played the game and ryan leaf he flamed out and yeah that was because of his personal demons but that's the point you just don't know what's gonna what, what what's gonna happen when you when, when you uh when you go up to that podium with your uh your draft pick card in hand you just don't know until they until they lace them up so Again, it goes back to how they feel about a, a particular player, whether it's a quarterback or another position, and how strongly they feel about that player. And if you feel if you if you truly believe that that this is your guy, you have to go with your your you have to trust yourself. You have to trust your ability to coach them, to to uh, develop them, and 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 trust that you that you are, are going to make the right decision. So, all right one more thing I wanted to touch on before I open things up to questions and comments. And, uh, it's, it's a bit off, off, uh, off topic when, when you're talking about a Steelers podcast, but it is Steelers relatable because I got into this, like basically, you know how the internet is, the social media, basically a two day argument with fans on Twitter about, um, the pirates and, and, uh, they Reluctance or, 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 yeah, they're they're reluctant to spend money ever. And we know how frugal they are. There's no, there's no defending Bob Nutty and the owner, but the, that's just a symptom. The, 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 the virus that's been affecting baseball for 30 years is competitive imbalance. And there are, you know, teams over here, uh, from certain cities that make, that, that, that are able to, to, you know have 250 million dollar payrolls and then there's mostly all the other teams that have to do things a different way uh and it's basically because of of, of market size and and television individual television contracts and my point with all that is thank goodness the nfl had the vision and back in the 50s and 60s uh to, to to divide everything up equally uh and, 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 and whether you're the, in New York or in Green Bay, you have an equal chance of winning a, a championship, provided you make enough of the right moves. You know, uh, the NFL equips all of its teams with the same set of tools. And it's up to them how they decide how skilled they are with, with using those, those tools, those instruments. Major League Baseball, you know, if, if you're in New York, you get a one set of tools. If you're in Milwaukee or Pittsburgh or Cincinnati, you have these other tools that you have to work with. And maybe you're really skilled with those tools and uh, you can, you can work some magic, but I think 30 years of, of, uh, of results have shown us that it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, it's probably not, you're probably not going to be able to work that magic. So just thank goodness the NFL had that vision years ago to make sure all teams were created equally and they all had an equal chance to succeed because I think it's one of the reasons why I'm sitting here right now doing a podcast and why, uh, Steeler, uh, Twitter is always on fire and why Steelers themselves are such a universally beloved organization. Owen is in, uh, England, uh and he's a huge fan he's a diehard fan uh, uh maddie and, and and mark davison they're in australia they're diehard fans there are people all over this nation that love the steelers who've never even been to pittsburgh and and uh to me that's a testament to to them but also the nfl for for giving them a platform uh to 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 be a a, a a national team because of of their their financial system as opposed to baseball which which is a to me it's a totally unfair system to the fans i mean you can you can yell at bob nunning for not spending uh more money but it doesn't matter who the owner of the pirates is cuz i've been a pirates fan since the 80s and they've had like three or four different ownership groups and it's always been the same thing they don't spend money because they don't have the kind of money that the other teams have the spend and, and, and it, it just cracks me up that people act like the, the pirates are operating in a vacuum. Like they're the only ones that, that, um, that, that, that are struggling to, to find success. When you look at the Reds, the Orioles, the A's, the twins, etc all these teams when I was growing up were juggernauts and all of a sudden at the same time, they all stopped winning. And that was 30 years ago, but nobody thinks that's a problem they keep focusing on the pirates because they're the, they're easy to focus on because Bob Nutting is a frugal owner, but somebody was going be to the, be the cheapest owner in, in baseball. It doesn't change the fact that the system is severely flawed and the NFL uh, is doing it right. And, and the NHL followed suit. And that's why they're doing as well as they could possibly do for being a niche sport. And the NBA pretty much is doing the same thing. They have a salary cap and, and that's why they're so popular as a, as a, as a league. So, for some reason, baseball, and I know it's not for some reason, it's because of, of all these teams are making money. If you want to be angry at Bob Nunning for, for anything, it's for not fighting for a better system because the fact that he keeps signing off on, on new CBAs and all these other small market owners keep signing off on, on new CBAs every however many years, uh, to me, that's what we, sh- we should be angry about is they're signing off on a system that prevents them from winning or prevents them from competing equally. And and their only reason why they're doing it is because they're making money. So that's all – that's that's end of that rant, mostly a baseball rant. But it's also a celebration of the NFL because because uh, I'm not sure I, I would – I can't imagine trying to root for, for a football team that, that has to operate on a much lower budget than maybe – You know, the Cowboys or or the Giants or the Jets or or the Rams because of the market size, because of the market, the size of the market that they're in. I couldn't imagine that it would not be it would not be a good thing uh, to be. It would not be a lot of uh, a whole lot of fun to be a Steeler fan if if. They had to operate with like a 50 million dollar payroll and the Giants had a 200 million dollar payroll. That would not be a lot of fun. You certainly wouldn't be able to uh, have a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger for 18 years, you know, and you wouldn't be um, talking about six Super Bowls. So, thank goodness for a salary cap. Sometimes it comes back to bite you, like it did last year. But as long as you uh, make the right moves, you, you're, you're gonna you're gonna uh, be able to make sound decisions. That's how the NFL is set up. Uh, there are no haves and have-nots. Everybody's created equally, and that's that's the end of that rant. And this one from vodka drinker who donates ten dollars. I mean, talking about the pirates, we still have the only pitcher, that's, uh, Doc Ellis, major league baseball pitcher, to throw a no-hitter while stoned on LSD. That's that was the uh, that was the story back in nineteen seventy. That's uh, kind of amazing, but you know that's that was uh. That was, that was the 70s for you. But thank you, Vodka Drinker, for that $10. It's very generous. And on that note, I'm going to take some questions and comments and get back to all football, all Steeler talk. Well, maybe not, because Steeler Pittsburgh says that they went to the Pirates games at Three River Stadium. So did I as a kid. It was great. Steeler Freak says... Where am I? There we are. Steeler Freak says, Speaking of cash, notice the contracts blew up 20%. That is because... Agents are factoring in the cap adjustments coming. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're a, that's one one difference between uh, last year and this year is is there's a, a much bigger cap, so the the uh, salaries are being or the contracts are being structured that way. Sean Manahan says, "I was born in Philly, but I've always loved the Steelers." There you go, case in point. They're they're a they they are a national team along with the Packers, you know. Um, in, in baseball, are the Brewers a national team? No. Are the Pirates a national team? No. I mean, they're, they get a lot of love internationally because uh, Roberto Clemente, from, he's, he's so universally loved, especially in, in, in South America. But they're certainly not a national team in, in, in the United States. So uh, it's, 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 it's a great thing. Super Bowl forty-five would never happen, the equivalent of that, in baseball. You might get you might get one of those you might get the Brewers in there in the World Series or the Pirates or the Royals but you're not going to get the Royals versus the Pirates in the Super or in the World Series. that would never happen in baseball. but it happened in Super Bowl 45 why? Because the NFL has a fantastic financial structure and it works for everybody and if and if you're bad in 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 football, it's because you're constantly making the wrong decisions like the Bengals for all those years but also like the jets they're in, you know, the biggest market and they're always making uh, uh, stupid decisions. And that's why they're, they're where they are, but they don't get any advantage based on the, the being in New York. Brian Brown says confession. I've never been to Pittsburgh, but the change planes at the airport, been a Steelers fan since I was a kid. A lot of fans like you out there, Brian. It's amazing. Steeler freak says don't sleep on the Ravens. They are stacking. Yeah, they're having a good, having a, a great off offseason. As are I think the Steelers and even the Bengals and of course the Browns. I mean that move they made is incredible. Um, I don't know if uh, if it's gonna how, how things are going to shake out, but if you saw the odds, I think they came out on Friday for uh for winning the uh for uh getting to the playoffs and and, and the steelers have the four fourth wor- fourth worst odds in the afc which i'm not surprised i mean a lot of, a lot of what happens with them in 2022 is going to be dependent on the quarterback play and whether or not mr Trubisky or mason rudolph or, or Dwayne haskins or a draft pick uh gives them above average quarterback play if, if that happens then I certainly can see them being that uh, playoff contender that, that they were last year. I expect them provided they get above average quarterback play at, at, at minimum. I expect them to be where they were last year at minimum. And that's competing for one of the, the last uh, wild card spots. So Ryan O'Toole says, got to love social media. Some people would argue that water is wet. Yeah. Well, I mean, when it comes to like the whole baseball thing, you know, it, we have 30 years of evidence. You know, people like to say small sample size, when you know, when talking about something in sports, but there's no small sample size when you're talking about uh, what has happened to small market teams over the past 30 years. And you would think that would be enough to convince people that, look, the system is flawed. Yeah, there are cheap owners out there, but that's just a symptom to the over to uh, of the overall, uh, virus. Uh, and, 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 but no, you know, it's two days of arguments. And and if somebody could could show me evidence that look, this team does it right and wins championships, but you can't, you can't point to anybody. The twins had a heck of a run for like over a decade and, but they never even made it to the series. The Rays have been, really successful for a small market team. They're competing in the AL East with the Yankees and the Red Sox. And they do have a heck of a thing going and they've been to a couple world series, but they they haven't won one. And, and who knows what happens in, wh- where they're going to be in five years. Are they going to be able to maintain this kind of system or are they going to fall off and be like the twins and, and other small market teams who had a run and then kind of fell off? Everybody talks about, Oh, the brewers spend money and they won the division. Yeah. They haven't been to the World Series since I was ten years old, and I'm about to turn fifty in a couple months. So, you know, I don't know. It just get, it gets me angry. Anyway, let's continue. Deal with it, says Tony. But some are clearly more. And this is talking about the quarterbacks being NFL ready. So this is this is uh, going back to Steeler Steeler freaks comment on Willis being not being NFL ready. Some are clearly more NFL ready than others. Willis is a one read and run quarterback. We can't waste our first round pick on that, especially trading up and losing more ain't happening in my man. Well, I don't think they're going to trade up and get him. I don't think, I don't see that happening, but again, you're talking in absolutes because the the goal is to find your long-term solution, at quarterback and maybe Willis again, maybe he's not as NF already as these other guys. We don't know, but if he's, Ready by year two, I mean, and and he's one. He quickly quickly becomes one of the best quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in the NFL. Wouldn't that be worth it? I think it would be. One year, I mean, it's you know that's nothing. In in in, if if you're talking about trying to find a a long term solution at the most important position in all of sports. But we don't know what how Malik Willis is going to react in the NFL. I mean, you could say he's a one read, one run, quick, you know, he's a one read and then take off and run quarterback, but who knows how he's going to respond to NFL coaching. And yeah, he might struggle early, but it doesn't mean that he's not going to become the best quarterback in the league or one of the best. You just don't know. And you know, if you have to sacrifice a year uh, of him learning, I mean, to me, it's worth it if he becomes the, if he be, if he becomes that guy. Patrick Mahomes sat on the bench for a year behind Alex Smith and I mean his career has turned out just fine. So one year is nothing. I mean you, you can't you can't write Malik Willis off uh, just because of that. Now trading up to get him that might be a different story. I don't know if if it would be worth trading up to get anybody right now simply because um I don't know if they have the 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 draft picks to do that i guess they do have the draft picks but do they want to spend two or three first round picks to move up into the top 10 because that's what it would cost i think uh Devin bush they had they basically had to trade their their own that they traded that year's first round pick to move up 10 spots for a quarterback uh especially if they, if they have to move up into like the top five or six it would probably cost them this year's next year's maybe a third. You never know. I mean, he's, when, when a team knows you're you're going for a quarterback, they're going to want to uh, get more in, in the deal. So they're going to try to take advantage of that. So I think I don't know if I'd want to do that for Malik Bullish or any quarterback. That's a lot, especially when you're still rebuilding like they are. Steeler Freak says Willis will melt, trying to read those D's. Ask Trevor. Well, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is uh he's been in the league one year. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't uh you can't evaluate him based on one year. And this is what I mean about about talking in absolutes. Willis will be just another Lamar Jackson, great player, no playoff wins. We didn't we don't know that. We don't know that. We do know that, that Lamar Jackson is one of the best nfl weapons quarterback or otherwise in the nfl and he hasn't won any playoff games yet it doesn't mean he's not going to i mean uh, no quarterback has any playoff wins until they do he's had a few chances yes and he's come up short yes it doesn't mean it's going to be that way forever i mean people can get better that's one thing that i think sports fans kind of lose sight of is the notion that A player or even a coach can actually get better at their job as they go on. And if that's the case with Mitch Trubisky, then all this quarterback talk will be mute, moot. Christopher 11 says of baseball, they need to come up with a handicap system for smart market teams, spot them two runs per game. No, what they need is a salary cap just that simple it, it works in every other sport and for some reason uh people are convinced that it doesn't they don't need it in baseball when they clearly do of all the sports they might need it in baseball the, the most because it's they're losing uh fans each and every year and people say oh it's because of it's because of uh you know the pace of the game and i i think it's more there, there's some of that but i think it's mostly because most baseball fans uh, realize their team has no shot before the season even starts. That's no place to start for a professional sports league. Carmichael, the sports guru, wow, a sports guru, donates four ninety nine. Thank you for that. And they say that the Steelers have attended every quarterback pro day to see who fails or who falls, and that's leaning towards a quarterback in the first two rounds. Well, that I would I would agree with that. Yeah, I think they're definitely. I think they're uh, it, 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 again, it all depends on how they feel about about whoever's there at twenty. if they If they don't feel strongly about that player, then you pass on them. You don't draft the quarterback just to do it, but if they feel strongly, then you gotta do it. Thank you for the four ninety nine. All right. Monica S says, draft a quarterback first round. I mean, I think it's it's definitely a position that's in play. I mean, they haven't done that since 2006 when I mean, they traded up the, the drafts Antonio Holmes. But I'd say receiver is uh, getting a late push as far as the position that would be uh, a first-round pick for them. Because, uh, you know, clearly, you know, they, they lost Juju. They lost Sam. Oh, Sam. I keep saying Sam Washington. James Washington, they lost Ray McLeod. So yeah, that, that would definitely be a, a higher priority going into the draft. Uh, but I mean, they've, they've had some success over the years drafting quarterbacks or receivers in the second or third round. But it certainly wouldn't shock me if they drafted one in the first. And this is a, a good point from Ryan O'Toole that I wanted to bring up in the first half of the show and I actually forgot. And he says, quarterback salaries around $50 million per year will eventually bite the team in the butt. And we see that with that, you know, nobody's come out and said it, but come on. You trade Tariq Hill, arguably the most explosive offensive weapon, offensive uh, skill position player in the NFL, you trade him away. And yeah, you get, you get uh, a nice haul and, and draft picks, but obviously there are no guarantees. Uh, but would you have done that five years ago if if Patrick Mahomes was st- still on a r- rookie deal? Probably not. But um, when you're paying that, he, his, his salary aver- averages like forty million a year. So to try to pay pay uh, Mahomes that kind of money and then pay a receiver twenty some odd million a year, it, it's hard to do. It's hard, and that's why when people say it, it's becoming more and more popular to say uh, you have to win as quickly as possible or as much as possible with a, a really good quarterback on his rookie deal. And we saw that with Ben. That's when they had their most success when he, before he, before he started uh, uh, getting paid, you know, the, the rich quarterback contracts, we saw it with Joe Flacco. Ah, uh, the Ravens had one heck of a team. They won the Super Bowl. He has the postseason of his life. They have to pay him the quarter quarterback money of the day, and they had to sacrifice um, a lot of their Super Bowl heroes in the process. And they kind of floundered after that for a lo- number of years. So it's it's tough when you have when you know it, it's 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 kind of a paradox because. You can't do anything without, without a quarterback. It's Im- almost impossible <laughs> to win a Super Bowl without a really good quarterback. But when that guy is established, you have to pay him, and when you pay him, it's hard to build a roster around him. So it's 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 really a, a interesting thing, and it's another reason why the NFL, you know, uh, it's 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 the, the great parody league. It's not just salary caps, but you know how they do the draft. There are no lotteries or anything like that. If you're if you're the worst team, you get the first pick. If you're the Super Bowl team, you get the last pick. Uh, if you if you spend up to the cap, you can't spend anymore, and you have to make you have to make changes. Uh, if if you if you're a, a bottom feeder, you have usually have a ton of cap space to work with. So uh, they really do a great job in that regard, and that's why, in for there are a lot of reasons why the NFL is the most popular sport, and it's our it's really our na- national pastime. But one of the, the the main reasons, in my opinion, is the fact that everybody, whether you're the top market or the or the the uh, lowest market, you have a, you have the same chance to win a Super Bowl. So, all right, I've uh, I've I've really felt like I've rambled tonight. Yeah. Well, when you do taxes, right before you go in the air. You know, like my hands are, you know, I feel like I I feel like I uh, had to have a battery of tests, medical tests, and everything came out fine, But I'm still shaking. When you're doing taxes, it's "Eh." It's that time of year, so that's probably why I'm rambling, but I had fun rambling, and I hope you guys had fun, too, and uh, I hope you have a great weekend, and, and I hope you keep checking back to behind the curtain for all the latest Steelers news. Until i see you on monday with brian and shannon uh have a great weekend and as always go steelers take care everybody